0: This is
1: Lord, we just listen to you now. going to do right now, we're going to make a confession. We invite you to join us as we make this together, based on God's word, and uh, it'll help you prosper and increase. Amen. Let's make our confession.
2: We are are committed committed to to following God's God's pattern of giving and receiving. We are pleased to generously invest in God's work and expect a rich return. return. God has provided and freely given to us all things for life and godliness. We give it faith and it is returned to us, shaking down, making room for more. We are fully satisfied, overflowing and running over the top. We shout to and magnify the Lord, favouring his righteous cause. He is pleased that we prosper. We gladly honor the Lord with our capital, substance, and our income. God fills our accounts abundantly, and we overflow with the fullness of God's Spirit. God enables us to get wealth, increase wealth, and become very wealthy to establish His covenant. We abound in grace. We are fully supplied for every good work. God multiplies what we give and we increase our fruit of righteousness. We are blessed in what God has given us. God makes us rich with no regrets. As victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We We activate activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Bigger Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and and experiencing their their benefits. benefits. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Hallelujah. Well, this morning, um, our children are going to be with us. And uh, I just want to read uh, some things about our guests before she uh, comes up and ministers to us and uh, we are so glad to have uh, Dr. Marilyn uh, Newbar with us this morning and uh, after receiving a miraculous healing from a rare form of cancer her near death experience with malaria and the miraculous disappearance of a large tumor Dr. Newbar began to teach on the healing power of God Her faith in God's word and revelation of Jesus as the healer has opened up an international platform to minister God's uh, love and divine healing throughout the world. She has witnessed uh, countless healings as she travels extensively uh, with a message that promotes triumphant living for total man, spirit, soul, and body. Additionally uh, to her confident message on divine healing, Her teaching instructs the believer in pulling down strongholds, sell out to the love walk, and equip the saints to serve the pastor through the ministry of helps. Her practical message of faith has been enforced in both uh, denominational and independent churches. Uh, Bible schools and conferences, and as an international speaker and author, she travels frequently throughout uh, Europe, Uh, the European nations. She lives in uh, San Diego, California, and uh, she serves also uh, her community as an active chaplain for the Oceanside Police Department. She served in the ministry since 1977, and as an international speaker and Bible school teacher, she has ministered throughout the United States and in many foreign nations, Including uh, the Netherlands, United Kingdom, Kenya, China, Hong Kong, Australia, Spain, Germany, Fiji Islands, and pioneered her work in the Swiss Alps. She went from the beach to the mountains, I guess. (laughs) She's ministered in the African bush, from mountain ranges to the garbage dumps of Guatemala and the snows of the Arctic. And she received her Doctor of Divinity degree from the Cambridge Theological Seminary. And uh, right before she comes up, I want to remind you this morning that, um, you know, we have an opportunity to give into this ministry. And when you give into a ministry, uh, that's where God really uh, causes increase to flow to you. Amen? When someone shares spiritual goods then we in turn share our material goods, amen? amen. And BCF is in the b- business of what? Blessing people, right? Amen. And uh, so as you give this morning, I want you just to give something extra, amen? Yes. And uh, just market "guest," however you want, and those of you that are watching from home or wherever you are, you can do the same thing. Go on our website and designate it, uh, and you can give that way. And, uh, you know, you can't be God-given. And Amen? And whatever you give, uh, if you make a check, make it out to BCF, and you can designate whatever to our guest. And then we'll in turn add to that, as we always do, and uh, we'll give her one check. Amen? Amen? And she also has some great material in the back, and I would encourage you to check that out. She can tell you more about that. Uh, but uh, that's another way for, uh, you know, to bless the ministry. And I know she has a new book out. And uh, that's awesome. And then, uh, you know, uh, we have, I think, Air Force this Tuesday Mm -hmm. at uh, 630. And then uh, coming up, we also have our men's conference at the end of October. Looking forward to that, guys. It's going to be a great time. And I hope you take advantage of that. Amen. So, Father, we give you thanks and praise that as we give this morning, Lord, we give unto you. We invest in the kingdom of God. And you you produce the most wonderful, awesome, incredible returns. And you've never had a loss. You are always flourishing and thriving. And Lord, I call upon your blessing to be poured out on every gift and giver. In Jesus' name, amen. Of course, you can give any time during the service. Put your gifts in the seed container. uh, Or if you're online, you can do it that way. Amen. Amen. Where well, you guys got your seatbelts on? Yes. Yes. You got your hearts open. Yes. Right. You're ready to receive a good word from God. Yes. So I want you to give a BCF warm welcome to Dr. Marilyn Newberry, she
0: comes. <laughs>
3: Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. And thank you, Pastor Doug and Fiona, for having me come. and I was just telling you, this is a fun, happy church. <laughs> I like going to fun churches, you know because God's a fun God. Yes. no God's a happy God. Yes. So we need to be happy all the time. And, sure. and so I will mention a couple of things that I do have on the on the table in the back, and I do have my my latest book, and it's it is about my three Miracles. And it's called My Three Miracles: The Journey. And so the power of this book is to share with you the journey I took to receive three miracles. And so the first chapter I talk about having a spirit of faith because, you know, we've all been given a measure of faith, but you have to feed on faith and you will develop a spirit of faith. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a difference between having faith and having a spirit of faith. And you know what a spirit of faith is? I like to call it like this. It's a hmm. Attitude. <laughs> Attitude. Yeah. Where you refuse to be defeated. So yeah, that's what the spirit of faith Devil, you're under my feet. But you've got to make sure. You, see, he knows he's under your feet. You need to know he's yeah. under your feet. Amen. And then I, I talk about, each chapter is about one of my healing testimonies and the journey. So it's important that you need to know that you don't just wake up one day, poof, you know, you're healed. No, there's a journey. And I'll tell you the truth. There is a fight of faith. To receive a miracle. And if you want a miracle, you're going to, you you know, it's free. And the salvation is free. And the blessings are free. But you've got to fight. And what the fight is, that you refuse to be defeated. Because it's not going to happen overnight. So it's that fight of faith. And the Holy Spirit is your helper. Amen. Always remember you have a helper. And then I have illustrations in the back of this book. Of what I actually teach on healing. I actually have the illustrations in one of the chapters that will really take you step by step on how to receive your healing and then the last t- uh, chapter talks about your miracle so i'd encourage you uh this is a, we have gotten so many praise reports from this book because it really helps you to see that you know i had a journey to go through and we all have a journey i don't know if i had this book with me last time but let me tell you something else is also new this is a little card, and it's called, The Battle is the Lord. How many of you know that the battle is the Lord? Yeah. And it says that in 2 Chronicles 20, 15. Therefore, so the battle is the Lord. Therefore, we have a part to play. Amen? Yeah. Therefore, and we're going to talk about what the Lord does. Therefore, Lord, you deliver me from the snare of the fowler. You deliver me from unreasonable attacks. You break down the wall of separation. You laugh at the plots of the wicked. You give me wisdom and understanding. You excuse me. You enlighten my understanding. You make a way in the wilderness. You make the crooked places straight. You multiply my seed so you rebuke the devourer. You give me angelic assistance. You cover me with your blood. You give me inner strength. You enlighten. You uphold the righteous. You restore the soul. You heal the body. You fight my battles. Therefore, I. We have to do something in return. Like therefore, I. So entry into your gates with Thanksgiving yes. and into your mm-hmm. courts with praise. praise. And then on the back side, there's all praise scriptures. Mm-hmm. So it just fits so nicely in your Bible. Amen. Who would like to have this little card? Right here. Okay?
0: Yeah.
3: You're so welcome. And then this other little book I don't know if I had this here last time. This is praying, a guidelines praying for the sick. Because we're all called to pray for the sick. But this is the guideline that will take you through knowing how to pray for the sick. And first of all, it talks about you are an ambassador for Christ. Because you are born again. Every one of you are God's ambassadors. And every one of us are called to pray for the sick and lay hands on the sick. Amen? Mm -hmm. So first of all, there's a time of preparation. You're not going to go out and pray for the sick coming right off the golf course. (laughs) You need to be prepared. Amen? You need to listen to the Holy Spirit because he's going to tell you what that person needs. So you need to know how and to prepare. Uh, Then it talks about God's will and his ways. You need to be so grounded in the will and the way of God if you're going to pray for the sick because they need to see that confidence coming out of you. Amen. Because that will build them up. And then it talks about the different type of uh, people that you're praying for. uh, Why some don't receive healing.
0: That's
3: a very powerful chapter. Because if you don't understand why some don't receive healing, it's going to be hard for you to relate to other people and tell that God does want you healed. So um, there, there's a powerful matter of fact, there's one test, and I knew all the people that I talk about in this book as to why some didn't receive healing. And you know, some people don't receive healing because they don't want healing. Right. Right. They don't want it. They'll, they'll tell you that they do. But there's some powerful reasons why. People don't receive healing. Then it talks about locating people's faith. Jesus talked about people. Some have little faith, weak faith, strong faith, great faith. You need to locate people's faith. I can remember when I was preaching in Indonesia after the tsunami, and we had a packed, a church was packed full of all these Muslims, and they were not practicing the Muslim religion. So to them, that meant they automatically must have been a Christian. But I knew they weren't born again. But I couldn't tell them, no, you're not a Christian. You're not born again. I couldn't say that. They'd all got up and walked out. I would have offended them. So instead, I said, well, I am so happy to hear you are all Christians. And now that you're a Christian, I want to tell you how you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. They thought, wow. And they all got saved. (laughs) But see, I had to meet them where they were. Remember Brother Hagin used to say, meet people where they are, and then you take them to the next level. Yes. And when I saw them, I, mm-hmm. Brother Hagin said, meet them where they are, and then you take them to the next level. You know, so anyway, this is a very powerful book. There's even a road map on uh, teaching people how to get saved and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So it's a powerful book, guidelines, praying for the sick. And I still have my wonderful book, My Daily Delight in the Lord. That's a powerful book. Uh, We still get tremendous testimonies on instructions from the great physician. You know, God's Word is medicine to our flesh. It not kind of like it. It isn't sort of like it. It It is is. medicine. Mm -hmm. One thing about God's medicine, no negative side effects. Who would like to have one of these little books? Mm
0: -hmm. Nobody wants
3: the book? Okay, we're over here in the back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know you, right there. The, yeah, you, awesome. <laughs>
0: I'll
3: mean, Who would like to have this guideline spray for the sick? Paul? Thank you. You're welcome. My stroke work. <laughs> I want to just mention it one more thing. My daily power bar for healing. I have, it's filled with healing scriptures. But the first scripture is Instructions from the Great Physician out of Proverbs chapter 4, beginning in verse 20 through 23. And then it's filled with individual healing scriptures. And then in the back, there's a little prayer. And whatever is going on, let's just say, for example, maybe you have diabetes or allergies or cancer, whatever it could be. Spirit of, and then you just name whatever that is attacking you. In the name of Jesus, I pull you down from your position of authority. I break the power of assignment you have against me, for it is written. And then you go back and you find that healing scripture that bears witness with you. And that is how you take the medicine. Yes. Very, very powerful. And if you have something major going on in your body, you can take God's medicine every hour on the hour. That's what you have to do if you really need it. To, to get that victory, amen. amen. Does that help you. So go back there day and be, you'll be blessed. So Father, we thank you so much for your holy written word. We thank you that your word is truth and that you always look over your word and perform it. We thank you for the precious Holy Spirit who is our teacher, our guide, and Lord, as we look into your word today, I pray that it takes deeper into each and every heart. Lord, guide us and teach us and help us. Anoint our eyes to see, our ears to hear, our heart to be receptive. Help us to see what perhaps we didn't see the time before. Help us to hear what perhaps we missed the time before. That we might be transformed into more like Jesus. So, Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory. And everyone said, Amen. So I had it on my heart, and I told Pastor Doug that even though I teach a lot on healing, it's really on my heart to teach you about prayer today, and specifically about intercessory prayer. And for such a time as this, we are just weeks away from a tremendous, major uh, thing for America. Amen. I think everybody would agree this is a very... Uh, challenging time, and for such a time as this, we need to really know and understand how to partner with God Amen. in prayer. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, if you have your Bibles with you, 1 Timothy mm-hmm. chapter 2, and I want to begin with verse 1. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, so he says, first of all, what that means priority. Yeah. So this is a priority with God, that first of all, we, uh, thanksgiving, our supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority. So why does he want us to do this? He tells us right there why. That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness. So there is no expiration date for this scripture. Some people say, well, it's the end time. I don't care if if, the end, if Jesus is coming tomorrow. Right. He still wants us to live a quiet and peaceful life. It doesn't matter what it is. Amen? So uh, there's no expiration date. But it's partnering with God. You know, there's a, a very large ministry overseas. They have for years had these major, massive crusades. It's a wonderful ministry. And in the early years, um, when they were starting their their big crusades, and they were having some big crusades even in the beginning, but the Lord had impressed upon them that he was going to do something very special uh, in that crusade. But nothing special happened Monday, nothing happened on Tuesday, nothing special Wednesday or Thursday or Friday. Well, they thought, well, Friday would be the day, but it didn't happen on Friday. It didn't happen at all. And so they asked Lord, well, Lord... You really, I really felt in my heart you said you were going to do something special. And the Lord said, I did want to do something special. But you didn't pray it through. Yeah. See, that's partnering. Yeah. That everything that God wants to do and fulfill in our lives, we have to partner with him. You have to pray it through. Uh, I was talking to someone just recently. They had received a, a very powerful prophetic word. I said, now you have to pray that through. You have to uh, be in partnership with that. If you agree with it, then you pray it through. We always have to partner with God. It's not just poof, he's going to do whatever he wants to do. Mm -hmm. Salvation, you have to partner with God to be saved. You have to partner with God to pray in the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to be talking about prayer of intercession, but specifically I want to talk about how it is structured, how it is expressed, and how the power and the effects of it so, intercession, first of all, it is a supportive ministry. It's not an office, it's not one of the fivefold ministry gifts, but it is a supportive ministry. It's just like the palm of my hand, it supports five fingers. Right. But I need the palm. It's the palm. This supports these five fingers. Intercessory prayer is a supportive ministry. It supports the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, and evangelist. Mm -hmm. It's not its own gift. It is a supportive ministry. Mm -hmm. Amen. So it's very important that you understand it is a supportive ministry, and it's not an event. You don't just come for an event for intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle of partnering with your heavenly Father. Intercession is first mentioned in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 53, verse 12. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. An intercessor is one that takes the place of another, and specifically I'm talking about taking the place for a nation. We need to stand in the gap for the United States of America. I'm I'm bold to say that, amen? Amen. And I know we're on the same page. So first of all, intercession has its foundation like that of a two-edged sword. It has its foundation like that of a two-edged sword. A two-edged sword cuts on both sides. It's like It's a two-edged sword. Each side is equally sharp. Cuts on both sides, equally sharp. And both sides have a specific purpose. And both sides must be inspired by the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we need, you need both sides working together. They partner with God. And again, there's no expiration on what God wants to do in having us lead a quiet and peaceable life. So we're going to look at both sides of this two-edged sword. One side is called warfare. The other side is called travail. Now, warfare is very forceful. Warfare, you are facing Satan in the name of Jesus on behalf of, and we're going to say, United States. Amen. But it's the same for a person or whatever you're, whoever you're praying for. It's very forceful is to push back the spirit of darkness, to push back demonic plots, to push back demonic activities. It's, it's very forceful. It's as though you had two high-speed cars, and they have a head-on collision. Ooh, that's going to be a forceful impact. Yeah. That's how warfare is. It's like um, taking a sledgehammer. Now, I have in my kitchen a little hammer that I just used for a little tap, 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 tap. <laughs> but a sledgehammer is more than a little tap, tap. It is very forceful. Bam, wham, wham. Very, very forceful. Amen. So it is to be violent and come against demonic attacks. Yeah. I like what it says in Matthew 11, verse 12. Matthew 11, verse 12. From the days of John the Baptist until now. Or we could say from the days of John the Baptist until November 2020. <laughs> Amen. Mm-hmm. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. But what do we do? The violent take it by force. Yeah. The violent take it by force. Praise God. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Yeah. Amen. That's encouraging. Isn't that encouraging? Praise God. But we have to partner with God. We have to rise up with Holy Ghost fire, bulldog to and take back what the devil has stolen and what he is still stealing this very yeah. moment. We need to take look what he has stolen. He has stolen jobs. He has shut down so many businesses. And some of these businesses will never come back again. I've talked to some of these businesses. I have no idea how I'll ever come back. And I, I keep telling them, but God, but God, you know. I <clears throat> uh, look what He has done to our economy. Look what He has done. Look what He has done in trying to steal freedom of worship. Mm-hmm. He has come against. Look, social distancing. Why does the devil want social distancing? Because it goes against the ordinance of the church of the laying on of hands, Mm -hmm. praying for the sick. Mm -hmm. It goes against our constitutional rights. Mm -hmm. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel, they didn't bow. Mm -hmm. They didn't bow. He has stolen properties through these so-called peaceful demonstrations what the devil has stolen and, he, and he's still doing it but we yeah. you and I we have the power to take yes. back what yes. the yes. devil stole yes. and I'm 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 mm. <laughs> you know this <laughs> just me only goes anger and I'm sure it does to you too but we have to fight to maintain our freedom yes. you know my father I'm not you know I'm not a spring chicken but I'm not that old but my father did fight in World War One. And we had his uniform in a museum in Omaha, Nebraska, because they didn't have But I can remember as a little girl, my dad used to love to go to the parades. And when we would go to the parade, and then the band would come, and someone's holding that American flag. Without fail, I, would, I was holding my daddy's hand, but I knew if I looked up, tears. He would try, cry. He fought for America. Many of you have fought for America. He was 17 years old when he was sent to France to fight for the United States of America. Teenage boy, in World War I. And these next several months are very critical that we fight for America. Amen. Amen. We have to maintain freedom. I, I have preached, and I remember one time when I, or the first time I went to the Czech Republic, and I asked the pastor, I said, uh, were you ever afraid when you had an underground church? He said, no, I wasn't afraid, but he said, but it wasn't because I was so brave. It was because, because of communism, because of social, the spirit of socialism. He said, we had to change locations every time we met. So it just got to be a normal thing to hide. Not that we were brave, it was just a normal thing. But then he said, as prayer got stronger in the church, we saw communism was getting weaker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they continued to pray and pray. Yeah. And in the past, it got to the point where I was able to cross the border. I was able to leave the east and cross over to the west. Mm-hmm. And then he said, and when I crossed the border, and I almost cried when he said this. It still touches me. But he said, when I crossed the border, I saw freedom. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I realized what they have over there. We're supposed to have here because wow. freedom—that's supposed to be normal.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And so he was when he crossed and went to a ministers' meeting, and he brought back some Christian literature. When he crossed the border to go back into the east, uh, he was caught. The spies had uh, some spies caught him, or the, the guards caught him, and then they sent spies to uh, spy on them on a regular basis. His wife always got scared of that because they the spies started to show up where they were going before they even got there. Mm-hmm. So they knew their phone was tapped. But prayer just kept getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And communism was getting weaker and weaker and weaker. And then it was between six to seven weeks after the Berlin Wall went down. They had in Czechoslovakia at that time, it was called Czechoslovakia. At that time, they had the Velvet Revolution. And they called it Velvet because communism stopped in one day. Wow. What can happen in just one day yeah. through prayer?
0: Yeah.
3: Right after the Berlin Wall went down. And then when I was preaching in Berlin, I asked my translator, I said, Do you, do you remember what it was like when the wall was up? And she looked at me with shocking, a shocking look. Said, do I remember? She said, I got caught trying to escape. I went to prison. Said, I, I do remember. And she said to me, Have you been to Checkpoint Charlie? I said, No, I've not been to Checkpoint Charlie. We're going right now. Now, Checkpoint Charlie is still out there in the middle of the street, the, the actual little building. But right down the street is Checkpoint Charlie Museum. She took me in that museum. And it was all I could do to keep crying. Because I'm on a, a tour with somebody that identifies with everything that was in that museum. They had a tour going on. But I'm with a person that actually lived through it. She was in prison for 19 months lived through everything that was in there. <clears throat> they have a dog house in there with a chain. And she said, <clears throat> if you, you were allowed to go outside, but you had to walk on this really narrow path. And if you got off that path, that dog would know it. And that dog would charge out. And as soon as he got to the end of the chain, <clears throat> the machine gets it and shot everybody.
0: Mm-hmm. I can tell you right
3: now, anybody that is living in America that has come from communistic countries, I can tell you who they're gonna vote for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee you that they're gonna vote for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. They know what socialism is yeah. like. Mm-hmm. They know. They've been there and done that. They don't mm-hmm. want to they mm-hmm. don't want to see that happen to America. And I don't need it to you. Mm-hmm. I don't either. Mm-hmm. so it, it, it really matters. Um, but you can go online and check out that Velvet Revolution. So the other side of warfare <clears throat> of of the two edged sword is travail. Now warfare is facing the Satan, travail. <coughs> travail is facing our Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus on behalf of a person or a nation or the United States. Travail is to come between, to make smooth, to stop discord, to stop strife. It's a peacemaker. It's to actually feel like birth pain as you're birthing someone into the kingdom. Amen. So now that's, the, two, that's the, the structure of the two-edged sword. Again, it fights, it cuts on both sides,
0: yeah.
3: equally sharp, equally sharp. Now i want to talk about the expression, how is it expressed? Warfare is expressed through sometimes when we're praying, we just get... Mm, we just start even shouting, you know what I mean? You just get so riled up and you're just shouting. Well, there's nothing wrong with shouting, but victory is never determined by volume of shout. Right. There's right. no victory in the shout, it just feels good. Yeah. It just feels good, just, <laughs> you know. It just, excuse me there, it just feels good. But uh, it's the power of the Holy Ghost that's on the inside yeah. of you. Yeah. That's where the victory is. I can remember when I was dying of malaria. Just come home from Africa, I was healthy on Saturday. By the following Thursday, I'm on my deathbed. And uh, because I had two forms of malaria at the same time and they didn't know how to treat me. Uh, So the doctor said, Marilyn, if you want to say goodbye to your family, you need to call them now because this afternoon will be too late. I was already in stage four by the time they realized I had two forms of malaria, not just one. And during that, those few days, whenever I was awake and alert enough, I would take authority over that spirit of malaria. But when I was told I was gonna die, I said, no, God did not heal me of cancer so that I could die of malaria, right. not compute. Yeah. And so um, I fell asleep. Then I woke up a few hours later and it was, it was dark in the room. And actually I woke up, and my first thought was, and it might sound silly, but it wasn't silly. But my first thought was, oh, I am still alive. (laughs) Because he said I only had hours and now it had been about seven or so. And uh, I said, oh, I'm still alive. And I thought, well then, I can still take authority. And so I thought, but I want the devil to see me sitting up in bed. (laughs) And I took a hold of the support bars on the side of my bed and I began to pull and pull. Now, if you've ever been around somebody that's about to transfer into heaven, you don't have much volume, and you're very, very weak. But when you have that bulldog tenacity to make a move, you know what? The Holy Ghost is going to help you. Yeah. Yeah. And I just knew the Holy Ghost was telling me to sit up. So I'm going to sit up. The devil going to see me sitting up, and I'm <laughs> going to take authority over that spirit one more time. I didn't do anything different. I just took authority over that spirit of malaria. And I actually prayed that same prayer that's in that little green packet. Spirit of malaria, I pull you down from your position of authority. I break the power of assignment you have against me, for it is written, I will not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. And at that moment, literally, I felt in my, it was just like the woman with the issue of blood. She felt in her body. She was healed of that plague. I said, oh, I touched myself. I I just got it. I just got it. And then I just collapsed back in bed. Oh, and. The doctor was shocked to find me the next morning. I said, well, I'm ready to go home. <laughs> 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 see, it takes bulldogs to that You can't get weary in well-doing. You've got right. to fight, fight, yeah. fight. But what I want to emphasize, I had no volume. I had no volume. With a frail, weak whisper, I took authority yeah. over that evil, demonic spirit. Yeah. And I got mm-hmm. to pick it. It wasn't through a shout. So just remember, it's okay to shout. It feels yes. good. But that's not the victory. I like what it says in Zechariah 4, 6. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Amen. So we fight our spirit against the demonic spirit. You don't fight a demonic spirit with a shout, but with your spirit. So now the expression of travail is, again, we're facing our Heavenly Father. Now with travail, um, it's more like weeping or crying or groaning. It's a very earnest, heartfelt appeal. It's very intense. It isn't that warfare isn't intense, but with travail, it's like every fiber of your soul is pleading out. Mm -hmm. It's as though if you ever, ever had a child, your child was very sick, you know that you would do anything you could to trade places with your child. Well, that's how, it's that earnest, I mean, it's just the very fiber of your being is pleading out for a nation, for someone who is lost. It's very, very intense. Now, there's nothing wrong with weeping. Sometimes people say, well, I don't know why I weep every time I go to pray. Let me tell you, weeping, that is God weeping through you. What breaks his heart is breaking your heart because you are partnering with him. So if there's weeping, uh, don't resist it, because there's an anointing upon weeping, just like there can be anointing on anything else. And if you you resist that, then you're resisting the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You don't want to resist that. If it's weeping, uh, whether it's man or woman, just flow with that anointing. Because that's where the healing power is going to be. That's where the leading of the Holy Ghost is going to be. Whatever he's trying to do through you, you want to yield to it. But you want to guard against getting in the flesh.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I have been in prayer meetings where somebody will start uh, weeping, and you can tell if it's in the flesh or not. Yeah. I can remember I was preaching over in Hong Kong one year, and then after my meetings, uh, Rodney Howard Brown was coming to, to minister. And so I stayed for, to be in his service. And it was during the time, remember Rodney had that anointing for laughter at, at one point, and uh, which was of God. But this particular day when he was preaching, that, that was not the, the leading. That was not the anointing for laughter. And he was having a powerful message, but there was a leading, it was it was big meetings there in Hong Kong. And uh, this one lady was there, and she just felt, well, we need to laugh, you know. And so she's getting in the flesh and disrupting the meeting. Well, Reinhardt, I mean, not Reinhardt, this was uh, Rodney, he handled that so, so mm, perfect. And, of course, she's distracting everybody. So Rodney said, oh, something to this effect. Uh, it's just so wonderful how God is moving into this Woman's life right now, and and I certainly wouldn't want to interfere with anything that God is doing in somebody's life, and so I think that it'd be so nice if, if one of the ushers came <laughs> and, and and just took her to the little private room so she could have that wonderful time to <laughs> up with the Lord. And so the ushers, are, oh man, <laughs> it's so wonderful. I pray God because, because if He'd have handled it any other way. Yeah shut up or something mm-hmm. everybody thought well how dare him you know yeah. <laughs> but see but it was disrupting yeah. and so we don't want to disrupt because the Holy Spirit will never interfere or interrupt himself amen? amen so we want to make sure that we are doing and being led by the Holy Spirit because First John two twenty says but you have an anointing from the Holy One so all of you have that anointing so you want to flow with that anointing amen so don't resist it because you are praying, you are praying out God's burden. You are partnering with Him through prayer. And once again, what breaks His heart is breaking your heart because you are partnering with Him. Amen. Um, is this helping you today? Yes. So now I want to switch and look at First John chapter five, verse nineteen. First John five nineteen. Now I'm going to read this out of the Phillips translation. It says, we know that we ourselves are children of God. And we also know that the world around us is under the power of the evil one. We can certainly recognize that today, can mm-hmm. Now, the ungodly are doing what they are controlled to do because they have opened up to the devil. Yeah. So they are doing what they are controlled to do because the devil is controlling their life. So they have given place to that. So the ungodly, now we're talking about praying for the leaders, our leaders. Some are godly, some are ungodly. Right. So the ungodly are deceived, thinking they are doing what is right. Totally deception. To be deceived is to be told a lie and not recognize it. So it goes beyond my comprehension. My mind cannot wrap around how they think. It is right to murder a newborn baby, or to murder a baby that just came into the world after nine months of being in the mother. I cannot wrap my mind around that. Or to defund the police who have taken an oath to protect you. I mean, I've been with the police department for 18 years. I've never experienced one negative thing. I told the chief just a couple months ago, we were having to meet at the chief, in eighteen years not one of our officers have been out of line. Not one of our officers have ever been out of line. I just I can't wrap my mind around some of these things. Of how the people can be so deceived, but that's what the devil does. Again, deception is to be told a lie and you don't recognize it. You don't know it was a lie. Now in John eight forty four, listen to this. You and this is talking about the ungodly, you are of your father the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do. Yeah. They want to do what their father guides them to do. But they don't know that he is the father of lies. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth. Therefore, the ungodly thinks it's right to murder babies because they are governed by deception. Amen. Um, John 10.10, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he does it through deception deception and anything and everything under this category needs to be stopped and that is our mandate that is our mandate to put a stop to this luke 10 19 i have given you authority to trample on serpents on scorpions under all the power of the enemy that is our mandate we have been given authority to carry out god's will in america and take back what the devil has stole and to stop him From killing and stealing. You know, when you intercede, whether it's day or night, both heaven and hell are aware of our presence. Amen. So now we have looked at the structure and we've looked at the expression of this two-edged sword. Now I want to talk about the effects, uh, this power, how it actually works. In Ezekiel 22, verse 30. It says, so I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land. And then it says, why does God want, why does God want them to build a wall? That he would not destroy the land. See, so he would not destroy it, but he said, but I found no one. The True Living Bible. I looked in vain for anyone who would build again the wall of righteousness that guards the land, who could stand in the gap and defend from my just act, but I found no one. Let that not be said on our watch. Amen. For such a time as this, we are here to fight and to protect. So our responsibility in partnering with God through prayer, our responsibility is to stand in the gap and build a wall of righteousness. That's our responsibility. Our power of intercession is to guard our nation. We have the power to guard America uh, from being destroyed from God's righteous judgment. God must judge sin. Yes. He must judge sin. Therefore, he assigns us to stand in the gap and build a wall of righteousness to stop the judgment. Amen. He doesn't want to do that. So he's, he's calling upon us to stop the judgment. So God has assigned us, and he does that through us building a wall of righteousness. And I'm going to give you an illustration of the wall of righteousness in just a moment. This wall of righteousness consists of an inner wall and an outer wall. Just like in your home, you you have a kitchen wall. And one side of that wall faces your kitchen appliances. The other side of that wall faces your living room or your dining room. There's two sides of a wall. Amen. So the wall of righteousness, there's two sides. There's an inner wall and there's an outer wall. So first of all, it tells, tells us in First Timothy that we are to pray for those who are in authority. Evil or not evil. Amen. Right. So when we pray for our leaders, the most powerful prayer is that in Ephesians chapter 1, that they would receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of God. And the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. To the hope of God's calling for our nation. Amen. So, when I pray, for example, for Donald Trump, I pray for increased discernment, Mm -hmm. inner strength, spiritual enlightenment. I pray for godly counsel and that he would recognize the ungodly counsel. Mm -hmm. I pray for wisdom and that he has the mind of Christ. We have never had a president that acknowledged God or Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, I we've never had a president like Amen. that. I think, was it just a few days ago, somebody asked him, do you know that you're the most popular person in the world? He said, no, I'm not. He said, Jesus Christ is the most popular. Amen. Jesus, Amen. Donald Trump said, Jesus Christ is the most powerful person in the world. Amen. And I remember during his convention, it's in yeah. God that we trust. Yeah. In God we trust. Yeah. We've never had a president that bold praise the Lord. I'd <laughs> take him out to dinner for this year right now. <laughs> I pray for him that I really would. I just love the guy. <laughs> we have, we I pray that he has physical and mental strength and emotional strength. We've never had a president been so attacked every single day. Mm-hmm. The abuse that that man goes through. Yeah. I pray for his divine protection and his health. What a miracle yeah. to come through COVID like that. What a testimony. I pray for overflowing favors. I pray for angelic assistance. I clean the blood of Jesus over America every day from coast and, and you know I pray throughout the day. I don't just it isn't my morning prayer. I mean this is I mean I pray for this like I pray for my own health. I mean every time I think about it I stop and I pray. I pray for America, I pray for Donald Trump constantly, throughout the day. It's not just my morning prayer. This is a serious thing. You know, so I pray and I like what you put on Facebook too. Feel. And I like, I, I like, to, I liked it because you see my life. Don't, don't but, but, so I plead the blood over America from coast to coast, border to border. That's how I pray. And then here's, and you can write this down. But you can need to pray for the political system, the judicial system, praying for Amy, praying for the social system, educational system the economy, and the media. That's the political, judicial, social, educational, economy, and the media. And then I, I just decree COVID-19 is eradicated in its effects.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because that's being
3: used against us, that's one of the, the leverage that they're using yeah. to come against us. So those are the things I pray for. So. I want to talk about uh, the outer wall. The outer wall of of righteousness is warfare. Again, we're facing Satan in the name of Jesus and pushing back all those demonic attacks, pushing back the lies of the media, praying for their spiritual enlightenment. So we need both warfare and we need travail working together. Remember, both sides are equally sharp. We need both sides working together. So I want to I'll give you an illustration. I'm going to ask for I need one tall person. Will you boys come over here?
0: I would like uh, three of the girls
3: from the worship team to come up and help me. I have you stand right here in the middle. Power. He's going to represent the United States of America for Donald Trump. We need the hat. We need the pat, Paul. <laughs> now I want you three girls to stand around him, hold hands. And stand around. I think we can do it with three girls. Hold hands. Stand around. No, don't hold his hand. Okay. Now, this is the inner wall. This is the inner wall. This is the United States. So they are, excuse me, they are travailing. They are facing God on behalf of the United States. Amen. Now I need, give me five guys. Some of you tall guys come up here. Wow, I like these volunteers. Ooh. <laughs> awesome. We better move out a little bit. We need the outer wall. Now we've got to build the outer wall. Now you're going to stand around them, but I want your back facing them. Hold hands, guys. It doesn't matter. It's a strong wall. <laughs> sure. So, there's the United States, Mr. Donald Trump. I hope he's listening. <laughs> and we have the inner wall, it's travail. We have the outer wall, warfare. Now, the inner wall, they're praying for spiritual enlightenment, inner strength, uh, wisdom from God. They're praying they're interceding for America.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Now, there's a lot of distractions. The devil is doing a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, let's just imagine this person was maybe, uh, instead of being America, supposing this person was uh, a, drug, a drug addict or an alcohol, someone on alcohol, he's trying to get free. Mm-hmm. You can be sure there's gonna be a lot of distractions, amen? Mm-hmm. So the, they're praying and interceding for him, but he's got all these distractions. Well, warfare is pushing back the distractions so that the inner wall can be more effective. So some of you might be called, maybe one day you're gonna be doing travail, the next day you're doing warfare. But warfare, they're pushing back those demonic attacks, pushing back all those, those plots, that those evil plots will be exposed, that the darkness will be exposed. So they're doing that so that the inner wall can be a lot more effective. So whether they're praying for a godly person or an ungodly leader, they're praying for spiritual enlightenment. Mm-hmm. They're praying for the media, that the media will know the truth and start speaking the truth and, re- and expose the truth instead of telling lies. But they can't have all this distraction. So for that inner wall to be most effective, you see how they need... Both walls working together. Yeah. So some of you might be called to intercede, some are to to travail, some might be called warfare. Or someday you might be called to, what, you know, you can do both. But does this help you see yes. Yes. how effective your prayer is when you're partnering with God? Yeah. It's awesome, isn't it awesome? Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Now, just a couple more things in closing. You know, God's plans were established before the foundation of time. And I believe, and his plans will be, but at the end of the day, his way is going to happen. Yeah. He will have his way, but he does want us to partner with right. him. He needs us. But God's plans for America were established before, I, on godly principles. Right? Do you know that our first textbook was the Bible? Yeah. And that's why you can see why so many of these things, Presidents in the early times were so young at being a president because they were constantly being fed truth. Mm -hmm. They had the wisdom of God, Mm -hmm. and it's amazing how young some of these presidents were, and some of our leaders were. Mm -hmm. And when God set up everything that God does, it's in order, Amen. And so when He established a plan, again we're focusing on America. He also, he established characters because he does everything in order. Every nation has characters. Some have kings, queens, presidents, governors, senators, attorney generals. These are characters. And then for every character, God has chosen a specific player. I believe God chose Abraham Lincoln. As a, as a player. I believe he told, chose um, Thomas Jefferson. I believe he chose Donald Trump in yeah. yeah. 2016. Look what he has done for Israel, for the church. Yeah. I mean, um, and I don't think he brought up this far to let us down, okay. but we need a partner. Yeah. We have a partner, we have to pray it through, we have to pray it through. So, but every character does not have the right player in that position. So through our prayer, you're going to get the right player put into the right position, amen? Amen. Um, For example, let's just say you're gonna have a Christmas pageant and you're gonna do, uh, what are the characters for the Christmas pageant? Well, you need to have the innkeeper, Mary, Joseph, baby Jesus, the shepherds, the wise men. These are the characters so now we need to find the right player to fill that right character role. Well, we don't want the 12-year-old boy to be baby Jesus. That would be, the wrong that would be the wrong player. We don't want Grandpa to be Joseph. He could be one of the wise men. You see what I'm saying? So, But right now, we've got some wrong players
0: yeah. Amen. in a position.
3: And we I love the scripture. God will see I will take down one and raise up another. Yeah. So as we pray and partner with God, He can take down the wrong player and put righteousness in his proper position. So these are the, the powerful prayers and, and the effect of our prayers when we pray that we will keep the right person in the right position and bring other right people into their rightful position and take down the ones that do not belongs to them. This is our mandate, and it is our power, and it is our responsibility, and we can do it. We can do it. And as you pray, and when you pray, you want to be led by the Holy Spirit, because he will tell you exactly what needs to pray at any given moment. So remember, it's partnering with God through the Holy Spirit. I love what it says in Psalm 75, verse 6 and 7. For exaltation comes neither from the east, nor the west, nor the south, but God is the judge. He puts down one, and he exalts another. And why does he do this? So that we might lead a quiet and peaceable life. Amen? And you know, I believe that God is coming back for a glorious church, don't you? Yes. coming back for a glorious church. And this glorious church is called the bride of Christ. Yes. But she's also called the army of the Lord. Yes. And I believe when the Lord comes back, he's expecting to find that army wearing combat boots. Yeah. We need to be wearing combat boots with our bridal gown on. Amen? <laughs> We've got to be in partnership with the Lord. So, Father, we thank you so much for your word today. Father, we pray that your word takes deep root into each and every one of our hearts. That we will truly partner with you. That we will we will do our assignment, that your plan and your purpose and your will will be done in the United States of America. And for our President Donald Trump and the Vice President Mike Pence, we thank you for them. We thank you that you have put them in this place and we cover them with the blood of Jesus, that no weapon formed against this administration shall prosper. We thank you, Father. We thank you, thank you, thank you. And that you have allowed us to partner with you. So, Father God, we choose, we choose to be faithful in our assignment. In Jesus' name. And I would like to ask, too, before we close, if there's anybody here today, if you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart, that's the greatest miracle. You'll never have a miracle greater than the one where your spirit comes alive to the spirit of the Lord God Almighty. That you are translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. If, you, if you've never prayed that prayer, if everybody wanted to close your eyes for just a moment, if you'd like to ask Jesus to come into your life, receive the greatest miracle of all. It's the easiest prayer you'll ever pray. No one's looking around at me, but just lift up your hand. If you've never prayed that prayer, or perhaps you've drifted away and you just feel the Holy Spirit moving you back today, I'd like to pray with you. Is there anybody here at all? Anybody at all? You're all saved. All I want to encourage you. To bring somebody next to him. I'm sure every one of you knows somebody that doesn't know Jesus. And for such a time as this, we need to really bring in the harvest. Amen. I remember I led my father to the Lord. I started praying for my father when I was three and a half years old. Three and a half years old. He was very rough. Having been in World War One. He needed emotional treatment. And back then he didn't get it. He wasn't an alcoholic. He didn't uh, He didn't gamble. He just would just explode. He just exploded. You know. And it was a very rough time for us growing up. And, uh, but my mother, I, my mother without fail, after she would be abused, you know, she said, don't forget to pray for daddy when you go to bed tonight. And my mother taught us through her love what it meant, to hate sin, but love the sinner. And so I prayed for my daddy, starting at three and a half years old. And then by the time I was in Raymond, in my 40s, I had the privilege of leading my father to the Lord. He was 84 years old at that time. I led him to the Lord over the phone. I went to see him in his hospital room, and he reached out with his hand to take hold of my hand. And he said, with tears in his eyes, he said, "Thank you,
2: thank you, thank you." And see, someday when you and I are walking down those gold streets, the person that you met to the lord are going to come up to you and say, "Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you."
3: And these are people that you probably still know today. Maybe a neighbor, a schoolmate, someone in the marketplace, invite them. Because you can have awesome pastors. You, have awesome, pa- if you have awesome pastors. I would be if you did have awesome pastors. There's some people who aren't in a church like this. There's a lot of people saved. There the Holy Ghost in the defeated lives. There are other people who never even heard of the gospel. I led a man to the Lord that was 100 years old. Praise God, he doesn't live to be 100. And he said, I never heard of a man named Jesus. He was so excited when I led him to the Lord. When I was living in the Swiss Alps, and I had a service, and there were two two women there. They were twins, but even that not twins. At the age of 100, they were both alive. One was a Christian, and one wasn't. But the one that wants she got saved in my service and her sister said, well, that took you a hundred years <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Embrace <laughs> someone. And if there's anybody here if you have pain or sickness in your body and you would like me to pray for you, I always like to just want to pray for the sick so that if there's anybody here and you don't you're not against me laying on hands or you just want to stand up where you are, I can pray for you there. But if you want to have prayer uh, you're welcome to come up, you're welcome to come up here if you'd like
4: me to pray.